You are listening to Courageous Leadership, the podcast with me, Diana Osagi, the author of the book, Courageous Leadership. This is the place where inspirational leaders and everyday heroes share their inside stories of leadership. Today's episode features a guest sharing their mistakes, mishaps and triumphs. Let's dive in. Guys, welcome again to another episode of Mistakes, Mishaps and Triumphs. I am sat here in my cul-de-sac in my car recording this episode. And you know what we do? We let the guests introduce themselves and to say what they do for a living. Hello, I'm Dr. Victoria Carr and I am very lucky to be head teacher of a large primary school in Ellesmere Port. Is that Liverpool way? Halfway between Chester and Birkenhead, yeah. yeah oh, okay, fantastic. So you said Dr. Victoria Carr. Yes. What's the PhD in? Well, <laughs> my doctorate is in kind of politics and how it influences how we live, particularly in terms of education. Fantastic. Oh, I love it. You know, I, was I want a PhD. And I've been saying that for about 12 years. If I'd started one, you know, I said to myself, I'm not going to start it. It takes too long. It takes seven years, whatever. I'll be old. I would have had three by now if I started when I first said it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> that. I think stop talking yourself out of things and just take that step forward and, and get it done. Step forward. I like that. Step forward. Get it done. All right. So we are talking about mistakes, mishaps and triumphs. Our visits as leaders to the land of numpty where we get it wrong and we look back with it, oh my days, why did I do that? Why did I do it like that? That clearly was not going to work. But we do it, we're leaders, we're not perfect. Victoria, where do you want to start? Mistake, mishap or triumph? Well, I, to be honest with you, I think all three are so interlinked with what I do all the time anyway, that it, that it doesn't really matter. One, one of the things that you said on your message over to me in, in readiness for this was that, that you could talk about a regret that you've got or um, a mistake you've made, personal or professional. And I've been racking my brain since I got that email thinking, oh, my life, when have I, when have I made a big enough mistake or a big enough you know, decision that I've regretted it? And genuinely, I've struggled because here's the thing. I make so many small errors on a daily basis. People keep straight over. And I mean, there are any small errors. I don't know, maybe I've sent an email to the staff before I've sent it to the parents or the parents before the staff or whatever. And they're quickly rectified just by me apologizing and, uh, you know, trying to make sure I don't do that same little mistake again. And in terms of big mistakes and regrets, genuinely, I don't, I don't have any. I try to live my life so that I don't regret my decisions and what I do. And I think if I look back, I've got possibly two regrets, but actually they're not big ones because whenever you stand at a fork in the road and you're, you're making a decision, you always know that looking back, that, that, that moment you will look back and think, I wonder if I'd have done that or made that decision, how my life would have turned out. So it's less a regret and more a kind of, reflection on where your life has come to so I speak about it on my TED talk but when I was 18 I had to decide what I was going to do with my future and I thought oh I really wanted to join the RAF I really wanted to fly helicopters and I really wanted to be the first woman to fly Chinook helicopters and they've been wow. a mine my whole life yeah and so um, I didn't I went to university I conformed I went to an all-girls grammar school and the expectation was that you would go off to university and I did it. And whilst I don't regret that, and I really don't, because look at my lovely life, I do sometimes look back and think, I wonder what 
what might have happened, what my life would have looked like if I'd have become a helicopter pilot. But do you know what? Here I am, uh, I, did, I don't know how many years later, nearly 30 years later. And in a couple of months time, I'm doing a talk over at the Army College in Harrogate. And at that talk will be a woman Chinook pilot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am so excited to talk to her and, and, and talk about her life and what it looks like and, and, and how she lives it, because then I might be able to know perhaps how my life could, could have been. How, how it might have been. How interesting. I remember when I was younger, I, I had no intention of becoming a teacher and a head teacher. I wanted to be a doctor in the army. I, I know, I, I just really, I wanted to be a doctor, but I mean, I'm Nigerian, and so you have to be a doctor, lawyer, or accountant. That's the law in Nigeria. <laughs> so my, my parents were going to make me obey the law, you know, and I'm going to be a doctor, but my twist, my, re, my rebellious streak said, I'm going to do it in the army. And I, and I it, 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 when I say it didn't, it didn't even get anywhere near that. I flopped my A-levels to get into medical school. I only had to get three C's, which back in those days was a, you know, a crazy offer yeah. to get into UCL. <laughs> and I got two U's and an N. Oh, wow. <laughs> so when I say I flopped my A-levels, I mean, it was a national, and it was an international incident, actually. <laughs> you know, and, and, the, uh, <laughs> and I, I, I got proper dressed down over that and then I took them again and I got three D's and my parents just looked at me like what is wrong with you how is this possible that a child of ours can get a D <laughs> when I look back and I think I'm, I would have loved to have done that I don't regret it and yeah you're right we look at our lovely lives now and all the things that we've achieved but I look back and I think oh my gosh if I could go again I, I would I'd love to join the reserves Diana I joined the reserves two years ago I'm an army reservist are you yeah, even at my rifle's age. And I'm 46 and a half now. So you can do the well, I'm 49. Is it too late? 53, I think. As long as you can pass the physicals. Oh, um, I don't know about that, Ralph. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's funny you say about A-levels. My A-levels, I, I messed up my A-levels a bit. But you know what I learned from that experience? I don't, I don't look back now. You just reminded me that I messed them up, actually, when you said about that. And what happened was I, I had my heart broken by a boy. And I was also doing so much sport. It wasn't even true. I was playing sports every single day. And so when I kind of only got three season in E and it was a travesty because of my all girls school and yeah. et cetera, I, I remember looking back now and thinking, well, you know, on balance, you know, I was playing sports all the time. I was in the air cadets. I was having, living my best life. So, okay, I got, I did okay with my levels, but then I realized that if I wanted to do better, something would have to give and, and you can't do you can't have a rounded life and have exceptional academic qualifications and that's pretty yeah. much a life lesson right there so I don't I don't regret you know only getting three season in E I just think yeah it was a thing and and had a great life at the time so can't grumble can't grumble but I like oh gosh that's 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 deep Victoria we so you you can't have a rounded life and have exceptional academic qualifications something has to give yep and that's like me now you know I've got a doctor I've got a couple of MAs I'm doing another MA now I run a school I've got some children I'm a single parent I'm in the army reserves so what has to give me what gives for me is that I don't watch telly and I don't have a relationship with anyone so yeah. something has to give 
because I wouldn't be able to do half the stuff I do now if I had a partner or if I was keen on TV or, you know. So I yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about this because, my goodness, I always talk about Judge Judy, who I think is just, you know, a phenomenal woman. She's this, um, a judge, you know, from America, and she does this, um, this court program. And I can watch that back to back for days. You know, <laughs> I mean, I can, I can binge on Judge Judy. But the hours of my life I've spent on Judge Judy, I would have another MA. Exactly. I, I would have another MA. And I love learning and I love studying, but I love vegetating on the tea, on the sofa watching TV. You can't have two loves. You can't. Not really. You can't have everything. You can't have everything. But I've always had this thing in my mind. What's the point of having cake if you don't eat it? People say, you can't have your cake and eat it. I said, why do I have cake if I can't eat it? (laughs) You've got to apportion your cake correctly, Diana. (laughs) Yeah, that's my view. Everyone always asks me, how do you do everything? And I think the the easiest answer, the quickest answer is compartmentalise. So I will work out periods of time. I make time for everyone, but there's no time for TV. And actually, if again, if I'm honest, very little time for sleeping in or being. So this morning I was up at half five, did a workout, cycled to school, worked at school since, you know, half seven, quarter to eight. And, you know, I'll go home, walk the dogs, cook dinner. It's kind of everything's compartmentalized, very focused yeah. and, and very little kind of room for time, time wasting in a way. Everything's got a, a label on it, that period of time, right the way up to bedtime. I like that I like that that compartmentalizing my husband is is, is like that you know bang 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 we're all just you know meander along a bit (laughs) (laughs) it makes me a bit weird though you are fabulous look at you oh trying to be listeners whilst I'm meandering (laughs) the listeners can't see you but you look amazing you've got them oh thank you I I've been very good this because I mean listeners I'm going to share this with you because I thought Diana hold yourself accountable I woke up this morning and I've I weighed myself, Victoria, 117 kilos. I weigh more than, what's his name, does the boxing? Oh, I've forgotten his name now. The heavyweight champion, the British one, Anthony Joshua. I weigh more <laughs> than Joshua, I do. I weigh more than Frank Bruno did when he was the heavyweight champion of the world. I mean, I'm like, how is this possible to weigh so much? So you look at what you eat and you think, oh yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I am um, go to the gym. Well, not enough, clearly. <laughs> no, no, I mean, don't don't wear your I mean, people are always shocked. I probably weigh about 12 and a half stone, and uh, people are always absolutely speechless about that because I'm you know, size-wise, I'm I'm not that big, but everything on me is probably quite quite muscly. I'm quite yeah. tall as well. So I don't tend to fret about weight. I, I think I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm never going to be a skinny girl. I like exercise. I like being yeah. strong. I want to be strong. I don't want to be thin. And I like food. So <laughs> you're happy. my kind of woman. Be I, happy, I, you know. I, I, think, I, like, I don't think I was ever a size 10. I think I was born a size 14, you know. And I'm, I'm, I'm six foot tall, so I'm, I'm, I'm not a small, subtle, petite person. I'm, I'm fine with that. But 117 kilos, really? No, 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 no. I'm not, go- I'm not going Don't out Don't get like- on those scales again. They're bad for your mindset. Do I am it. not hitting my 50th birthday in August, weighing 100 and <laughs> So this morning I went boxing. I've got a boxing train and I went boxing. Since lockdown, it's been hard to meet up, but we're up to it this morning. And I was boxing, I was hitting him, I was hitting him. He was like, go on, hit me, hit me. So I thumped him one. <laughs> and he went, what's the matter with you? What's wrong? Why are you upset? I go, you told me to hit you, so I'm hitting you. <laughs> uh-huh. And I was, I was just distraught. 
And I thought, no, this is it now. This, this, is, this has got to be it, Diana. You cannot hit 50 and you're still doing the same meandering, procrastinating, judge dutying yeah. that Focus. you've done always. Well, you've Focus. got to focus. But what I would say is think less about weight and think more about health and the and your long-term health. I, I, was, I bought a cauliflower. I was really good. I bought a cauliflower on the way home. What? No but, idea what to cook <laughs> a cauliflower. So that's where YouTube comes in. Yes. You know, because you can have nice cauliflower dishes, absolutely. And they involve things like spices and curry powder and everything and roasting it and stuff, which is great. But you have to know how to do all of that stuff. And so many people want to make these grand life changes to lose weight when actually it needs to be a lifestyle. And I, I always say to my daughter, because obviously as a, as a parent of a daughter, you're very conscious about giving the right messages about your body. And uh, we don't even have any scales in our house because I, I'm not interested. I, I talked to her about health. I talked to her about moderation. I talked to her about being strong and, and physically strong. And a couple of years ago, I had to have a double mastectomy. And when that happened, we talked a lot about body image and about being female and what it means to be female and how breasts are synonymous with, with kind of femininity and stuff like that. And we had this for months and months we talked about it and the recovery was quite long and I'm a very active person to so to kind of be limited physically for a little while it was quite the challenge for me and and I think it's really healthy to have conversations about health and long-term well-being rather than we're predisposed as women to talk about our body shapes and sizes and what you know stereotypes and conforming to societal expectations we need to change all of that narrative I think and, and I think you're lovely all I can see is your lovely face I'm not looking at you thinking god that woman must be over 100 kilos I'm literally thinking what a lovely person a lovely smiley face and and that is what people see about you. And, and I think the same is probably true of me. I don't think people are looking at me thinking this woman's a lunatic who spends all of her time compartmentalizing and, and working really hard. They're thinking she's a really nice person, which I am. And, and those are the messages you want people to get from you, not your weight or what your body says to them about you or anything like that. So I think less about oh, body. I, th I think you're absolutely right. It's a lifetime of messages mm -hmm. that we are battling against, aren't we? And we are... You know, you get to this 50, the, the number 50 is coming up in August and it feels like such a halfway point, such a pivot in my life. And I just think to myself, I've, I've done so much. I know I have. And I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunities I've had to, to influence other people and to lead and to, to make a difference. But if I had made slightly different choices regarding TV, regarding the food that I eat and the amount of exercise that I do, I would be in such a better place to do even more. And I, I, I struggle with mediocrity. And even though I know I've not been mediocre, but to what compared to what I could have been, it feels like it's on the mediocre side. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, again, I, I think you can, you know, there's no time like the present. So today you can make a change. Any one of us can make the change that we need to make today. You know, literally, I don't know, get off a stop earlier and walk or, yeah, it's, yeah. It's difficult that. It's, it, there is no time like today to make those changes. But I think about grabbing today because we're not promised tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. You know? I mean, the most, the, the time that I learned that the most was my sister about 20 years ago, 21 years ago, was diagnosed with leukemia, a really aggressive form, and was basically given about a week to live. And it came like a baseball bat to the head. I just thought, my God, because at that age, I think I was about 25, maybe 26. And 
I remember thinking I never even considered that my siblings would not be around. You just kind of grow up with them and, and that's kind of it. And we, we'd had a fairly rough childhood. Again, you know, it's nothing, no secret there. It's in, it's in the TED talk. But I remember thinking, my God, literally. And then I, I kind of looked after her for about three months every day. I did nine till nine, the, the daytime shift. And she didn't die, actually. Thank God. They wrote a medical paper about her, but she had this new treatment and didn't die. But she was very, very ill. And I looked after her every day and I'd go to the hospital each day. And it was quite a traumatic time, if I'm honest with you. But one of the most traumatic things was seeing these young people on the ward, any age from her age all the way through. And one day they'd be there and the next day they wouldn't. And I remember thinking that is how tenuous the link to life actually is. And that was the the kind of the first time I felt like that, that through no fault of your own, one day you would be alive and the next day you wouldn't. It's a bit different. You know, you see people who do dangerous sports or take drugs or whatever. And and, and those kinds of things, you kind of think, well, you know, that's quite dangerous. But then when people are just going around living their normal lives and then and then through nothing, no fault that they're gone, it's quite shocking. And and I realized you're not promised tomorrow. That was when I realized that really. Yeah. And I love that phrase, living your best life. It's It, it is this thing that you're, you you think when you think you've got time, you delay important decisions. You de- you delay your best self because you yes. think you've got time to step into that best self. And you know these things sound like cliche. They sound like you know management speak or motivational speeches. But I, I generally do what I'm saying to living your best self, living today fully. For me, that's a big thing. My fully is different to other people's fully. I know what I'm like. I know what I can do. I know what I'm capable of. So what people, when people say, oh, stop, that's enough. That's great. You know, that good is good enough. My good starts sometimes. I'm I'm not ashamed of it. My good starts other people's excellence. That's where I start Mm -hmm. as good. Mm -hmm. And then I push on from there. And so it's that internal push. And goodness knows from my parents or from wherever it came from. But it motivates me to keep going because I'm trying to get things done that are bigger than myself you know I'm trying to influence young people's lives through coaching head teachers through coaching women or women's on the academy and that kind of thing you know if I can coach I don't know I'm at the moment I'm coaching about 20 heads if I coach 20 heads this year and their schools are much better places because of the way the head operates then I'm influencing thousands of lives that way but for me to coach heads well, I've got to be on my game. And that means Judge Shun's got to take a step back. <laughs> you know? I keep saying it to myself, I've got to keep doing it. But it's that determination. I, I think what I, I do is write stuff down. I, I always uh, encourage people to just make a, make a deal with yourself. So I, I diarise everything. It's the way I, I kind of make sure I'm being productive. And I will write down, I mean, you, you can see it, but the readers can't. So here, look, I put, this morning before school, I, dance, I can see it, yeah. Dance workout and then cycle into school. This evening it is walk home, so I'll walk the ten kilometers home, and then I will walk the dogs for, for an hour. So I write it down. I make a deal with myself that that I'm prioritizing that in the day, and then after that, if there's time, if there's half an hour, then then there's TV. You know, if I'm ironing, that's when I watch TV on in the background. But, but by and large, I make deals with myself and, and I'll write it in my diary what I'm going to do. And I think yes. if you 
we're all, you know, we wouldn't let anyone else down. I would never let anyone down. If I've said to someone I'm going to do it, literally my leg will be hanging off and I'll make sure I'm there. So if you if you make that deal with yourself, then you shouldn't let yourself down either. Yeah. I think it's yes. much easier to focus on yourself if you write it down and say, this is what I'm doing. You commit this to what I'm doing. Commit to yourself. I mean, I was listening to um, a guy called Les Brown, who's a motivational speaker in the States. And he's got a, a program called Les Brown Radio profound profound stuff he is very much an ordinary guy with an ordinary you know less than ordinary um beginning come to his fabulous end but he said this he said commit to the commitment you've made yourself you know so I've, i commit to losing this i commit to doing an ma I commit to do a phd now commit to that commitment mm-hmm. what are you going to do to make that commitment come true and it's 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 inspiring to think of that and then to make it happen and put it into practice love it yeah, I think so and, and not yeah. competing with anyone Do, doing it because yeah. you want to compete with yourself and be better that you know I, I never look at myself and, and and think you know I'm better than this person or that I just think could you do better than you did yesterday you know and exactly. even if you have a day someday you know who hasn't had all out days where they've stuffed their face with too much strawberries and cream and stuff like that and then the next day you think yeah that was yesterday move on now today is about moderation and about you know getting back to whatever lifestyle you lead and I think just knowing that just because you've had one bad day or made one mistake that's not the end it's just that was one it's one thing so don't let one mistake turn into a tornado or torrent of mistakes you know just it was one it happened oh life okay fine what do I do move on absolutely wow this has been a very very different episode so (laughs) we've talked about we've talked about triumph in a roundabout way I suppose you know about overcoming and about the mindset that that mindset that you need to be triumphant to lead a triumphant sort of life not just have triumphs you know as as one-off episodes that going but is there or was there one-off episode you wanted to share with us about a triumph a triumph well what's the thing that you're most proud of where you think yeah that's when I smashed it that's when I did I did well the thing I'm the most proud of is is being a mum and when people tell me that my children are good people and uh, when I'm not around they'll just do ethical things or they'll be kind to people and then somehow it gets back to me and and literally people I don't even know will contact me and say wow you know your daughter's brilliant your son's brilliant and I think as a single parent you know particularly a parent in this day and age where there are so many things that could go wrong for our children because the influences that they have to know that your children are reaching adulthood and and as good people I I feel like that's probably the thing I'm the most proud of I've, I've had achievements but they're they're kind of things that I'm in control of so getting a doctor is something I can physically control how much work I put in but when you're influencing the life of of an individual like your children it's not all about what you can do it's about them and how you shape them and support them to grow into into good humans and I think I'm the most proud of that probably (laughs) that sounds ridiculous That, that is something to no 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 that is something to celebrate and to be proud of because there's no manual is there when they're born I don't give you here's the the baby here's the manual off you go you know it's kind of like well it's it's not the same but it's kind of like when you get a headship here's the keys there's the school off you go you know there's no manual crack on crack on on. yeah so it's absolutely something to be proud of being a being a mum to two great people and I celebrate that with you I think I just do all things with love I just start everything with just just I run my school in a loving way I'm compassionate and I, and I think 
I make leadership decisions from a place of love. I, I, I run my home and, and my friendships, my relationships and support my children that way. And I think if, if a lot more people kind of did things with love, well, well, we we have well, we, got a few politicians. We need to just you know just get that message across to them. You know, just just make your decision with a little a sprinkling of love. Yeah, and, I, uh, I and we would we would all benefit, I think, as a nation and some integrity. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Love or integrity, they can't have both. <laughs> Well, thank you oh, so much. Been, for, thank um, you. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you yeah. on the show. If people want to engage with any of your content or to get hold of you, are you on social media? Yeah, I, I tweet now as happyhead74. I'm on LinkedIn as Dr. Victoria Carr. And on my school website, I've got a list of blogs and podcasts that I've done before, or I've got a TED Talk on, on YouTube. So yeah, they, they could all, you know, that's kind of how to perfect perfect i'll make sure all those links are on the episode on the on the write-up as i said it's been fantastic talking to you you know when i say have a good day i mean it enjoy yes. the rest of your day Talk thank to you, you soon. so much you too You're most welcome. take care bye-bye bye-bye you have been listening to courageous leadership the podcast with me your host diana rezagi the author of the book courageous leadership available on amazon now You can reach me on LinkedIn, Twitter, or via the website courageousleadership.co.uk. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. Until then, goodbye.